sometimes art is not for sale or sometimes it is for sale, but it's $35,000. I had a problem with that, but artists have to eat. And I think art being viewed as a career is uh, sometimes not taken seriously because artists don't take it seriously themselves. To have a career, you have to make money. And so part of it is the idea of trying to find ways to make art more accessible, more affordable, more fun, and more a part of your life as a consumer or, you know, a supporter of an artist. Today's guest is unashamedly upfront about the fact she just wants to be making some money from her art. Join me for Breaking Out the Podcast. Welcome, one and all, to what is officially Season 2 Breaking Out the Podcast. If this is your first time listening, first time tuning in, thanks for joining me. This is officially Episode 13, so on my website or on iTunes, you'll find 12 previous episodes, 10 other guests and a couple of me just chatting about art, art and commerce, making art versus making money, because that's what Breaking Art is all about, the alchemy of creativity and commerce. So if you haven't listened, jump on over, check out some of those other 12 episodes. If you're a long-time listener, welcome back. That delay between seasons was potentially a little longer than I expected. I'll be honest with you, I found the wedding season a little bit more overwhelming than I expected and I really, really struggled to find some time. If you listen back to episode 12, season 1, you'll hear me go into a little bit of depth about what I was struggling with, where I was at that point in time over the summer and autumn months and essentially why season two took so long for me to kick start but here i am and we're underway so I look forward to another 11 or 12 episodes over the next few months what's been happening in your world what have you been up to what have you been creating i genuinely genuinely want to know i'd love to hear from you pop me a message flick me an email send me a dm hit me up on twitter or facebook and just let me know what's going on in your life i've got a couple of really really cool things in the pipeline as a result of this podcast, I suspect, I've been asked to speak at Spark, which is a, a massive one-week creative festival that's happening next week in Hamilton. Super amped about that, putting together a presentation that touches on things that I've never talked to many people about, let alone shared in that kind of environment. Most of my presentations have been photography-related, and there's some wedding photography in this presentation, but I'm going back a little bit further in life, and I'm actually also going forward talking about my future which is not something I normally do. I don't normally share a lot about what's coming up. So I'm quite amped about next week's presentation. I hope it goes well. I've got a few other presentations I'm giving around similar things, creativity and also photography. And then I'm working on another project. This is a big thing for me, this project I'm working on. It's a little bit hush-hush until I actually just get a little bit more down, a little bit more created. But trust me, once I'm out with it, you'll hear all about it. So today's guest... She's a little bit brash. She's really, really upfront and honest. She's not shy about, well, anything really. And, of course, she's insanely artistically talented. She's Pepper Raccoon. We connected on Twitter and I've been following her work for some time now. And I just had to meet her, chat to her, get to understand what makes her tick. I'm not making any apologies here, but the audio quality is not up to my usual standards. Hey, look. I appreciate that I record this in the back of a bloomin' van. It's not exactly studio-quality audio at the best of times, but uh, Pepper contacted me when I left my combi and all my audio gear up in Auckland. So what I did is I scrounged around and I found whatever microphones and gear I could find, and I ended up recording it with 
a silly little lapel mic and even my iPhone. And the audio is just not at my usual standards. But I'd rather have this audio and this interview with Pepper than miss out on that opportunity. I'm not making any apologies for this audio, but just be aware it's, um, it's a little bit more echoey than you might be used to. This interview follows a slightly different trajectory than typically. Typically I might talk about the artist's backstory, where they came from, what they're creating, and then if I have enough time or if I remember, might start talking about commerce. The beautiful thing about the way that I structure these interviews is that, well, there's no structure. Every interview is unique. Every interview is different. I come in with some ideas, but I don't really have a set of questions or a plan. I let it unfold organically. And I love this interview with Pepper because it flips that idea on its head. We start with money and commerce and selling art right from the get-go. And then we almost walk backwards. We start talking about her history. We start talking about her future, which is amazing. And then make sure you hang around to right near the very end of the interview because Pepper takes us back to a time in her past and she lets us in on a story that she's never told anyone publicly. She's never broadcasted over any sort of medium like this before. When I heard it in person, it stopped me in my tracks. I couldn't tell whether I should keep going with this interview, whether I should wrap it up right there. I didn't know if it was appropriate to try to make a joke, to try to pretend I hadn't heard, we hadn't discussed what had happened. It's just one of those amazing moments that I was privy to. And I thank Pepper for being so open and honest with me and sharing that with me. This interview is full of some really, really golden nuggets. So, full props to Pepper for getting in touch, for being so upfront and honest with me. And listen in. I hope you enjoy it. All right, good afternoon. Welcome to the Breaking Up Podcast. I'm here today in the combi with illustrator and general all-round creative, Pepper. Hey, hey, how's it going? Good. It's Pippa Raccoon, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. No worries. I'm so Pleasure excited to be here. here. It was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we made this work. So yeah. Pippa's just down in Wellington for the weekend, or for the week, and I managed to pick her up and we've driven around the south coast of Wellington and we're looking out over the big expansive Cook Strait. One ferry has just sailed by, there's hardly any wind, hardly any waves, and it's a beautiful, beautiful day. It is indeed. Yeah, <laughs> so thanks so much for being a part of this. Yeah, no worries. I want to talk to you today about your art. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I actually, um, we, we, uh, we've connected on Twitter. Yeah. And that's where I've sort of followed you and that's where I've seen your art. That's yeah. where I've seen the things that you make and the things that you sell. Um, and what really, really, it's a very recent thing, but what really attracted me to your work was your Inktober. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Which I freaking love. Thanks. It was super fun. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Let, we're going to go down the journey today of exploring your art. Cool. Um, tell me how you identify yourself. Uh, as an artist, as an artist um, yeah. I'm still mucking around with that, really. But I mean, uh, I think uh, I, I kind of center around playing with ideas of of nature and animals as personalities, and kind of trying to give yeah plants and animals a more accessible kind of shape and and feeling for people to connect with. Um, yeah, so that's definitely something I really identify with in my work, uh, especially with the October work. I was really trying to make animals really uh, accessible and interesting and kind of fitting into different environments for people yeah. to yeah, interact with. So. And quite a bit of humor in your work as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, the whole universe is a pretty pretty funny joke. So, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I kind of think that if there's not enough humor in something, it's probably missing the point. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love that, and I picked up on that. I thought that was fantastic. Cool. So, you have a background in arts and that you did study 
Yes. Ah, didn't you? Yeah, quite formally. Yeah, so yeah. I, I went to the California Institute of the Arts in Los Angeles for a bachelor's and then decided not to do a master's and kind of went rogue for a bit. And yeah, then, in the California uh, Institute of Art, did you say? Yeah. What's that, what's that like? Uh, CalArts is like a ex deeply experimental uh, compound, basically, um, in a really weird, very kind of straight and narrow suburb of L.A., uh, so it's basically where all the weird kids end up in the middle of a cookie cutter house like development neighborhood um, And there's about 1200 of us and wow. you're pretty much given free range to make or do or be whatever you want um, Within a very loose fluid structure and it was during that time where you were Creating these installations we yeah. got into that concept of creating these installations Yeah, originally I was tinkering around with collage and kind of trying to make structures out of paper and things like that um, and then uh, I realized that what I really wanted to do was be experimenting with Light and sound and space in ways that people could get inside of and feel like they were a part of um, and kind of talk about uh, metaphysical experiences that people may or may not have in their life um, and give them an opportunity to have one or just experience my my kind of expression of my own uh, weird tripped out experiences that I've had in my life uh, yeah yeah and and, this, this yeah. is what was happening to you while you were studying yeah and then you completed yes and then decided that arts wasn't for you yeah well it I knew I was gonna get back to it eventually right. uh, the school is as unstructured as it is and I don't think anyone will disagree with me for saying this um, I have lots of CalArts friends who <laughs> follow the things that I do, but um, I think the school has a very rigid idea of what it means to be an artist as much as they let you do whatever you want. Uh, there's this very strong pressure to make conceptual art and make things right. that spend more time, you spend more time making references to other art in your art and writing essays about art uh, as part of your practice than you do actually creating a piece or working on craft and technical skill. and. I didn't really feel like I fit into that because I love technical skill and I, val I place a really high value on uh, kitchen craft and lowbrow artwork, whereas I think a lot of my peers and, and teachers were less inclined towards those kinds of things. Yeah, so yeah. you became a little bit jaded by that art scene, right? Yeah, that it's very art. inaccessible to the public, Yeah, yeah. and I really found that problematic. Um, yeah, especially when I felt like people were trying to create work that was talking about social issues, but the people that were actually experiencing those social problems weren't able to access the work, and I felt like that was an issue, so yeah. 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 One of the things you said there is, is art's inaccessible, and you're trying to make art more accessible yeah totally which is almost exactly what i'm trying to achieve here with this podcast yeah as well. so that's fantastic it's great yeah yeah so so then you you did have some time out you moved away you did some other things yeah and then you decided to come back into the art world yeah and one of the things i really admire about your art at the moment is that you are not shy about the fact that you are you've got things to sell there yeah right? totally you've got products yeah right and, yeah and was that the was that your goal from the start so to speak or sort of yeah i mean i i had a little etsy when i was in art school and that was etsy. fun yeah. yeah and so that was cool and i would just sell prints of my collages and stuff um but i think Art is, uh, sometimes art is not for sale, or sometimes it is for sale, but it's $35,000. Um, oh, yeah. And so I had a problem with that, but artists have to eat. And I think art being viewed as a career is uh, sometimes not taken seriously because artists don't take it seriously themselves. Um, and to have a career, you have to make money. Um, and so part of it is the idea of trying to find ways to make art more accessible, more affordable, more fun, and more a part of your life as a consumer 
or, you know, a supporter of an artist um, so that they can kind of, yeah, you can have it in your life without feeling like you have to invest to get a mortgage, you know, to buy a piece. Yeah. yeah and that's the yeah. ethos that's running through you and what you do. Yeah, it absolutely. almost since the art school days. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. And I don't think that'll ever change as I, I want to get back into making larger pieces and, and obviously those will pro the originals will sell for more, but I really want to make sure there's prints and I'm fine putting it on a t-shirt. Like, I don't care if that's not considered, you know, highbrow or whatever, high value. You know, yeah. still art, right? No, exactly. And that means, you know, some punk kid can wear it and feel cool and that's awesome. That's great. You yeah. know? Totally. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, for sure. So the big thing that you sell is pins. Yeah, that's the that's the hot new hotness at the moment. Uh -huh. Yeah. And have you made that the new hotness, do you reckon? Um I don't know. I think I caught the wave a little earlier than some people. Yeah. Um there was another friend a couple friends of mine, um Jem Yoshioka, who's a really cool illustrator from Wellington. Uh, turned her little pineapple cat drawing that was really popular into a pin and I was like, oh, I'll just wait and see how Jem's process with that goes before I make anything because it's an investment to do that and yeah. it went well and she was really happy to share how her experience was so I got into making my own yeah. yeah and so I went she made one thing and then my friend Victoria and I ended up making a bunch of things separately and we have our own businesses um, but yeah, we made a bunch of things, and it just it seemed like people in New Zealand were just poised and waiting for some New Zealand artists to be making pins. It, yeah, it'd been going in the states for a little bit, okay. but yeah, 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 yeah. We're always yeah. a little bit behind here. Yeah, no, not... it's all good. Yeah, yeah no, it's cool. Yeah, like you who connected to the states, you can see yeah. the trends, you can jump on them, and yeah. you can get involved. Yeah, and so now you're you're selling pins. Yep. Do you regularly update your range of pins? Do you yeah. add additions to them? Yeah. As soon, often as you can. Is it a regular process? It's or is not. It just I'm, when you I'm make it such a mess. Like I'm definitely not regular with anything that I do. But yeah. if I have a good idea and I'm feeling manic, I will sit down and make it right away, and then send it off and get it made. Um, right. Yeah. What's so. the process between? Um, how long will it take you to say design a pin? Yeah. And then once you submit it and it comes back ready to sell, yeah. what's the length of time there? Um, I think it takes about a week for me to like get a whole pin idea down. Yep. Uh, it doesn't take me literally a week to draw it, obviously, but I usually do a draft and then I kick it around for a bit and then I'll refine it, decide on colors, which takes way longer than it should. Um, and then send it away. Uh, and then they usually come back to me within another week with like a sample drawing of what the pin itself will look like. There's like all these restrictions on Pantone colors and stuff. And then four to six weeks until it's done. Ah, so yeah. you're actually not necessarily designing the pin. You're doing the illustration and then someone else converts that into a, what the, the pin will look I like? I do all the shaping. So I make the shape of the pin. I make the colors. I do all the line work. I know how all the like the molds work basically. Oh, right, yeah. 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 So yeah. I do all that stuff. And then they basically just check it to make sure that I'm not, you know, completely crazy. Um, and then, yeah, they basically do all the cutting of the mold and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, that's, great. yeah. And that's offshore. That's yep. in China. But I use an ethical producer and I'm quite emphatic about that because a lot of people don't. And it's, yeah. It's good to have somebody who's who's looking after their workers and making sure everybody's happy. So yeah, great sure. ethos there. And we'll yeah. talk a little bit yep. more about that soon because cool. I know that you've um, yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about that soon. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And and so you get your pins back maybe a couple of uh, I don't know a couple of weeks, a couple yeah. of months. You yeah. Get three a weeks. Stash yeah. of pins. Yeah. You buy you buy X number of pins and yeah. you hope that you can ship them right. Yeah. Totally. And sometimes they take a little while. Some of them go immediately and I have to reorder immediately. Um, and I've got a few little stockists that will order ten or fifteen or fifty at a time. Yeah. Retailers, um, right? Yeah. Who, who so I've got a few little retailers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. So that's cool. Zealandia just picked up some of my pins. Wow. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, do you pitch that to yeah. them or do they just come out of the blue and? You. They found me this time. Uh, I pitched to Matchbox in Wellington because I had a very loose connection uh, to them and I knew that they would be keen. So that was cool. Um, but since then, I've pretty much just had people approaching me, Yeah, which have, is nice. Yeah. Have I seen you work in TP as well? No. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, there's probably some other awesome pins in there that way. <laughs> I just remember yeah. who it was. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. yeah great. Um, and so you're, but you don't just stop at pins. No. 
Yeah. You are probably wearing, are they a pair of your own? These ones aren't, but I've been wearing them all week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got some with, uh, what is it, stars and milkshakes and cinnamon rolls all over them. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. I've actually stopped making those. Um, oh, the leggings. Yeah, which is a bummer. Uh, the reason I've stopped is because uh, it was an offshore supplier in the States, and uh, I never really anticipated how hard it would be to sell clothing when you don't have every size in stock at your house, basically. So someone would order something, they'd want a different size. And I'd have, have, go, have, I'd have to go back to the supplier and ask them to make another one. And the whole process would take six to eight weeks. And that's not a good experience for the customer. And it's not a good experience for me. Uh, so I've put it on hold for the moment. The but... flip side of that, though, is ordering large quantities of every yes. size, which yeah. is a massive outlay of yeah. stuff that you that's... have to sell, right? Yeah, I mean, the print-on-demand thing is a huge sensation across the world. Like, Printful and those kinds of organizations do a great job of it. Um, but if you live in New Zealand or somewhere else quite remote, it's tough. Yeah, yeah if you live in the right. States, it's a piece of cake. It's a great way to make money. And, wow. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it just doesn't quite work here. No, just because of the length of shipping times. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, okay. they can make the shipping quite cheap, but it takes ages. It still takes ages. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's super yeah. good insight. Actually. Yeah, totally. And so what other products? What other things are you selling? Um, So I've got prints right now. Yeah, prints. Yeah, my Inktober prints. Yeah, yeah. I did see those, and I yeah. think that's fantastic. Are they, they're originals you're selling, eh? Yeah, the so original... I've got the originals. Yep. I've got prints coming. Um, yep. Yeah, so I'm still sorting those out. So yeah, the originals I sold uh, with $10 from each sale going to Forest and Bird. Fantastic. And that was cool. Um, so I sold a bunch of those um, and then people have just been like make prints make prints so I'm making prints yeah yeah so that's coming along have you still got a few originals left yeah, yeah. I've got some yeah Good. so they're yeah they're at peppercurry.com yep. um, yeah and so those are yeah anytime you buy one of those ten dollars goes to Forest and Bird so yeah, and a, a little one. bit for your pocket as well yeah right? for Which sure whole, whole yeah. Point here. well yeah that yeah. was a surprising outlay of time like Inktober took a long time yeah, yeah. this year so it was like oh I probably should make some money off this otherwise yeah. and good on you too that cheers mate <laughs> I, I, I love that I love that yeah. I, I mean firstly I love the fact that you can dedicate yourself to something yeah 31 days of producing something that's quite an output it was kind of painful yeah, yeah. i've done it before i did inktober last year and it was nowhere near as successful but it was just as painful every it's yeah it's, it was just as bad this year yeah yeah, yeah right yeah. let's turn around and actually then monetize it and say you know what i've yeah. got these things i can sell them i can make some prints out of them yeah totally maybe it just gives you a little bit more of a boost to yeah for to sure yeah i think that's true and and a lot of i was surprised people were just really excited to be able to buy them because last year you couldn't and i think some people felt like they missed out so yeah yeah, yeah. So it was nice. Yeah. Great. Any yeah. other little bits and pieces that you're selling or thinking about selling? Um, yeah, so I'm kind of kicking around socks. Um, I've got a friend, Becky Hunt, who's an artist. In, uh, I actually just had lunch with her, and she's down in Wellington for Zine Fest, um, and she's up in Auckland. And we're going to do a collab, and we're going to make socks and pin packages that come together. So you get your pin and your cool printed socks. And awesome. I that's, like the sound of it. That's a bit of a longer process, because making socks is apparently crazy. Um, really? Yeah. Crazy it's like, than pins, crazy than You have to order, oh. like, thousands. And so we're trying to find a way around that right now. Okay. But I'm really keen to do that. Yeah, Great. so that's something I'm looking forward to. You know yeah. what you've said in, in almost every con uh, part of this conversation we've had? You've talked about someone else. Yeah. Right? Yeah, collaboration is important. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Tell yeah. Me, um, you've obviously got friends in in the similar or other creative arts. Yeah. Who you like to collaborate with? Yes. And yeah. are, you, are you actively? Is something in your head actively saying, "Hey, I I want to do something with this person," or do you just chat with these people a lot and things spring out of it? Um, kind of. Sometimes it's both. It's both. Uh, Becky, like I've always imagined, like admired her art and been kind of like, oh, we kind of have like a similar sense of humor, and so it would be good to do something together. And I know she's trying to grow as an artist. So, and I'm not anywhere like not any bigger than you know her or smaller than her but it seems like when you put two people together it just kind of creates an exponential growth um, and i kind of picked that up from creative pep talk which is a really cool podcast with dr andy pizza who's an artist and illustrator and he talks about 
uh, what happens when you collaborate with people in a particular episode, and that had a really profound effect that on me. That one episode of yeah. a podcast had a massive effect Brilliant. On you, right? Yeah, it was That's fantastic. Yeah, oh, like every single episode of his podcast is, oh, God, yeah, totally. Right. And it's cheesy. Like, it's really inspirational, like, pep talks for creatives, but they come from a place of deep experience and deep knowledge right. and deep caring, so they're wow. good. Okay, yeah. That's a really, really good tip there. But yeah. one episode in particular, which talked about collaboration, yeah. had a huge effect on yes. you. Yes, yeah. It was actually about marketing, and instead of talking about, you know, really sterile, you know, ROI and, and getting ads yeah. on Instagram and all that stuff yeah. that puts you to sleep, Yawn. he was, yeah, yeah he yeah. went for these really solid concepts like make friends, do a collaboration, put it on the internet, people will love it. That's basically, you know, that kind of idea. And that was, I, I tend to work by myself because I'm quite protective of my work for some reason, and I've just decided to let that go, and it's been way better, yeah. That's kind of been an easy overnight switch, though. No, it's or, or I'm it? no, I'm not over it yet. I'm yeah. still going, but I, I'm I'm more over it than I thought. I you know that I thought it would take longer. It's not so bad. Um, yeah, I especially when I started making pins, I was just just getting back into art, and I was like, this is my thing, and I, I've got to be protective of every part of it, and I can't tell people how I do it or what any of my secrets are because they'll copy me and all this stuff and. Uh, it wasn't fun, and I was all by myself. And it I'm, wasn't fun. Yeah, yeah, and I live remotely, so it's not fun when you Even don't have worse. other people to work yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, so I had to just be like, you know what? I've had an iota of success, not even a ton. You know, I'm not making a living off this, but I'm, it's something. Yeah. Um, and I've got to just give that up and, and share with people and, and invite them into my, my world and share their world with my, myself as well. Yeah. And you've seen a big shift in things since you took that approach? Yeah, I think I've started reaching out more to businesses as well and just being like, hey, do you want to do a fund, uh, especially in, uh, charities and, and social enterprises and being like, hey, can I help you with your fundraiser? Or, you know, that's one kind of collaboration. And then also reaching out to other artists and being like, hey, I like your work. I see you want to make pins. Do you want to do that with me? Because I'm good at that one thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So offering my skills to somebody else in exchange for either promotion or for, you know, just making a new friend. So Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, there's so many benefits of it. All yeah. Right? And, and some people think that's really transactional, but actually it's it's not. It's, it's a really great way to have a symbiotic relationship and, yeah. and have something that's valuable to both parties. Yeah. 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 Have, have you got quite a network of other creatives that you're regularly in touch with and hanging out with? Or do you um, still feel kind of isolated up there? In I'm, I'm virtually connected with a lot of people yep. and I talk to them frequently and that's really great. I don't see them in person as much as I would like to, um, but because I do travel for some of my design work more often, uh, I make an effort to see people when I'm in their area yeah. and do those connections. Good yeah, for you. sure. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, it's worth you. doing. Yeah. Well, thanks yeah. for reaching out to me when you found out. Oh, no worries. Yeah, totally. Like last minute, but yeah. It's all good. Here we are. Yeah. It's all happening. It's so, yeah, it totally is. Yeah. Speaking of reaching out to businesses, yeah. do you do any commercial work? Do you undertake any commissioned work for, for people, for yeah. businesses? Yeah, so I'm a designer, yeah. um, obviously, so I do web design for people, um, but on the kind of illustration and pin thing, uh, I've gotten approached by a surprising number of social enterprises, charities, and businesses to do commissions for them. So, wow. yeah, I've done a logo design for Cult Wine, uh, recent, like, well, that's like in the last year, and then uh, Wa Collective, who are running a Pledge Me collective, uh, Pledge Me campaign right now for... Um, bringing menstrual cups into New Zealand, basically, yeah. and making them available to students and making sanitary products available to students at an affordable rate. Uh, they're running my pins as a reward for their campaign. Wow. And, uh, yeah, Women Feminists on Facebook, I designed a pin for them, and that's in the process right now. And Yeah, so, There's yeah. There's so many benefits to all of this, eh? Because, yeah. Because you're working with people that you love, organizations that you believe in. Definitely. Your brand is getting out there. Yeah. 
Um, I can just see so many benefits bowl and you're just yeah. getting to create as well. Like, yeah, you're still just well, creating. that's the important thing. Yeah, everything else is is fun and extra. I I make okay money with my web design business, so this is, you know, I'm allowed to play here, and that's yeah. kind of the important thing. Yeah, yeah. and so you I can take a little up. bit of risks or do something for a charity for free or whatever, and it's not going to kill me. You I know? love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you do a fair amount of web design work. Yeah, yeah that's kind of the bread and butter. Yeah, right. Um, and I also do something called graphic facilitation, where I go into conferences and uh, illustrate on whiteboards while people are talking. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't know that was a yeah. thing, but I completely know what you mean. It is a thing. It's like yeah. mind mapping or visual kind of yeah, web mapping. But you do yeah. that for the conference organizers, yeah, right? as opposed to just yourself sitting yeah. in the crowd listening. No, yeah, yeah, I used to sketch note drawing in a notebook. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so now I do it on whiteboards live in front of the audience. Wow. Yeah. So How was that? Cool. Is that good? It's really fun. Yeah, it's yeah. cool and it, it's good money. Um, and it means I get to interact with industries, which is really interesting. So I, I've gotten into really weird niches like New Zealand primary industry and New Zealand horticulture and uh, mortgage banking and like doctors and all this stuff and and as much as that's really uh, a remote weird place for people's heads to go it's yep. actually really uh, helpful for me to understand those people as well so absolutely yeah for sure yeah it just broadens your understanding of the world and yeah how everything works yeah so that's kind of part of my bread and butter and then and then the art is I would hope at some point it would become more an aspect of that but at the moment it's it's just kind of a nice thing that adds to the that's the fun of basically being creative. So yeah, yeah. You've, you've got a fair few things there. Actually, you're relatively yeah. diverse, and I think yeah. that's super, super important. Yeah, fantastic. I want to talk now about your space. Sure. Your place. Yeah. Right? We've talked a little bit about where you live. You live far up north. Yeah. And you moved up there because you wanted to find some land. Yeah. And you want to grow food. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and yeah. you've just managed to achieve that, right? The yeah. Land, the land aspect, so we anyway. bought forty acres in just north of Kerry Kerry, just north of Matari Bay Road. Yeah. So we're living up there. Uh, well, yeah, we're not living on the land yet. We've got to get all the utilities in and stuff, but that's basically my partner, Peter and I are looking to turn that into a pretty, uh, creative and horticultural, uh, nexus of experimentation and regeneration. So, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love the words you just used. Thanks, yeah. so it's not just a home and it's not just a home on some land, Yeah. but it, it's actually going to be, it's not just a home on land that provides for you as well. But yeah. It's also going to be a creative space. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, Peter and I are, are basically non-functional if we can't be creative. Um, so we both agree that whatever we do has to be functional in that regard, as well as being yeah, like a comfortable place to live and be healthy. So what does that yeah. look like? Uh, in terms of creative space? Yeah. Um, well, in an ideal world, something fantastic. Uh, in, in reality, um, it's going to be a place to put my computer in our little temporary dwelling for the time being. And... 40 acres to go outside and be outside. Um, and for me, the, the being outside is where I get all my kind of creativity from. So uh, it's at the moment I work in a little cottage and I'm quite cooped up in there. Um, and this is going to be more a way to get out, go outside, look at plants, take care of animals and get ideas and draw inspiration from that. Are you feeling a little yeah. bit cooped up and frustrated where you are currently? Yeah, totally. I have, uh, we have a one bedroom cottage and the living room, kitchen and dining slash office are all one big room. Yeah. Uh, and it's not that big of a room. Yeah. So I'm in a dark corner with my computer and it's just like not the best yeah uh -huh. um so i'm really looking forward to being able to have a window and then be able to spread out with some papers and things like that and draw and then go outside get outside yeah. eh? i yeah. just feel the grass under your feet yeah exactly just relax and yeah. soak it all up cuddle some ducks yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally yeah. you were just telling me before i'm, I'm a little bit naive and yeah. i thought chickens were the ultimate yeah pet, but apparently they eat 
your, your plants, plants yeah. those ducks don't. Yeah, chickens are great tractors, so once you've harvested all your plants, you can take the chickens in, they'll scratch up the dirt, they'll eat out some of the bugs, and then you're basically, they've plowed your field for you, basically, um, in, a, in a gentle way. Yeah. Whereas ducks, you can put them in the middle of the garden, in the middle of the season, and they'll go in and eat your bugs and slugs and snails and Leave it. all the plants yeah. alone, exactly. keep it clean. Yeah, ideally, yeah. Provide eggs as well. Yeah, and, and yeah, and if you're a meat eater, meat as well. Yeah. So yeah, and feathers for your pillows and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Yeah, duck down pillows are great. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean you use every if you do eat meat, I think you should use every part. So we're we are we are meat eaters and so ducks definitely are we'll use all of it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's that the is, idea. That's fantastic. And yeah. then and then your aim is to have um be as self-sufficient as you can yeah. on your own property yeah. with, with as many plants as you can. Yeah, and regenerate the native bush as well. Yeah, yeah look so, after the native, yeah. native, native Being plants. net positive rather than less bad is kind of the goal. Yeah. 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 I can just see you at home in that environment. I really, really yeah. can. I can. The way you're talking about it, you're obviously so passionate about it. Yeah. You can't wait to get in there. It's been a decade. So How good does it feel right now then to have that land? So good. And to know that this is happening. Yeah, really good. Once we have electricity and a toilet, I will be so happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So at the moment, it's just a caravan that needs renovation. And so basically, we don't live there yet, but it's still a huge relief. To it's got to it's yeah. be weeks or months away, maybe. Yeah. In the next year, some yeah. stage. I think three to six months will be on there, and yeah. it'll just be amazing. Oh, yeah, I can't totally. wait to, yeah. to see you on Twitter talking about how good Oh, yeah. I'm just going to nerd out about it yeah totally and that's the thing too is is we're quite like i'm quite conscious of privilege and the fact that not everybody in new zealand gets to own anything much less a huge piece of land sure, um, sure. and so we've we're just inviting everybody to come be a part of it and we're definitely sharing how hard it is as well so it's important that yeah it's not a walk in the park to set up a place like that yeah. absolutely absolutely yeah. The, the very fact that you just mentioned you've been trying to do this for 10 years yeah puts it in perspective yeah, yeah. exactly it's like, yeah it's i find some people seem to think i just walked onto the land and i live there now and it's like no not really i had help but yeah. i also we worked really hard and yeah, yeah yeah we're still working really yeah, hard yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. And, yeah, and all these dreams yeah. you talk about um, are, are going to be years. Yeah, you know, exactly. They're, they're your lifetime. Really. Yeah, exactly. Once you buy a piece of land that doesn't have anything on it, that's that's your rest of your lifetime. We're gonna we're gonna die there. Yeah. yeah so we know that. So yeah. that's what we're gonna be doing. Yeah. yeah it totally. sounds kind of magical. Yeah, yeah. It's it's actually really comforting. I think some people would find that stifling, Absolutely. but I I find it really comforting to be like I'm just gonna put all my life force into this place and make wow. it good. Yeah. Wow. So that's yeah. I I see you as as quite savvy, and I think you've gone about your art and your your business quite sensibly yeah if you'd come across this land five or nine or ten years earlier yeah do you think it, you would have been in quite a different place then yeah i wouldn't have been ready for it no. yeah and we wouldn't have picked that block i think also we've gone through so many uh, the process of looking at land and going through creative processes to find out who we are and, and what we really do want to do uh, has completely helped make that decision. That's right, and that's all yeah. part of the journey, right? Yeah, See, and, some of these things yeah. shouldn't happen overnight. No, it, it needed to quickly. take as long as it did. Yeah, when I when I first got into permaculture and, and growing, and, and it was all in an art school environment, so the, all these things are intertwined for me, um, and they're all part of my practice. Um, yeah, I didn't understand how hard it is, and I've seen how hard it is for other people, and I know how much work it is. Um, and that has made it a lot easier actually to pick where we want to be and how we want to do it um, from learning from other people's mistakes and taking the time to read and learn and, and watch what other people do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so you really yeah. do have the ideal spot, but you've spent years trying to find this. Yeah, and it takes, yeah, and it's ideal, it's an ideal foundation. We have to make sure. it the ideal spot. Yeah, sure, for sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Good etymology. Yeah. Yeah, right. So what does a, what does a, what does a day look like in Pepper Raccoon's life? <laughs> um, uh, are you up and Adam? You talked about your computer that's tucked yep. into the corner of your yep. lounge, kitchen slash dining area. Yeah, I mean I'm a trash panda, so like I get out of bed and I usually forget to brush my teeth. I do my hair real quick in a ponytail. I eat oatmeal, 
and then I sit down at my computer for the rest of the day. Yep. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. And yep. I'll sometimes remember to go outside and eat lunch. Yeah, so. Okay, well, here's yeah. hoping that'll change in your new space. Yeah, totally. No, I think it will. I think then, yeah, the, it'll be trouble harder to keep me inside than out at, yeah. at that place. But um, are, are, yeah. you, are you setting aside, because you talked about Inktober, that was effectively creating one illustration every single every day, single day. for a yeah. month, which yeah. is clearly quite an undertaking. <laughs> yeah. um, you're probably having a little bit of a break from that right now. Yes, yeah. We're recording this in November, but the fact that you created that much art in that period of time, yeah. it's got to be a good thing, right? Yeah. Did that, did that spur you on to it actually... It was really good. Yeah, I mean, I, I draw digitally for pins and patches and um, because I'm lazy in pretty much everything else. Um, and this was Inktober and I decided to be somewhat uh, religious about it and follow the rule of using ink. And so, somewhat though? Not totally? Yeah. Uh, I think I cheated sometimes. and used colored pencils. There was ink involved, but I also used oh. colored pencils. So whatever, some people are just, they draw with whatever they want and that's fine too. Um, but I just... It was I still like, analog. It was still... Yeah, paper, traditional right? art. Yeah, yep. so I felt like some constraint was good. Um, and yeah, I just sat down and... Uh, I think it was pretty cool to see how it progressed over the month. It got better and different, and I remembered old skills and techniques and just hand movements that I used to know that I haven't worked on for years because I don't draw traditionally as much anymore, and now I want to do more of that. Right. Yeah, and I also started playing with color, which is something that I never did with traditional artwork at all. Um, right. I was always like black and white. So. We, back when you were back when you Yeah, were, back in art school and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah and in high okay. school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with color. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. See, so that's, that's cool. good. That's a huge benefit of this. Yeah, I'm allowed to use stuff. markers now. Who knew? Like, <laughs> You've yeah. grown up. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was like, oh, I can use these expensive alcohol markers, and it won't be a hot mess, and <laughs> I won't end up in tears, and it's great. Yeah, so, yeah, no, it's it worked out really well. Yeah. Yeah, great. So, are there any plans now to um create more yes yeah yeah what do you, in what terms do you... of traditional artwork yeah yeah totally yeah. definitely um yeah i uh at the moment i'm kicking around an idea and i don't want to drop too much of it because it's still baking oh i love this yeah i know one, i can yeah. tell it's just i don't want to overdo it it's not like completely original i've seen other things around that reflect it but uh peter and i've been kicking around an idea and something that i would execute on but he's helping me kind of flesh it out um that is like uh, New Zealand tourism posters for uh, like fantastical experiences. So like uh, Moa riding safaris in the South yeah. Island and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, so there's a I few ideas, it. and they'd be all black and white, uh, probably, and yeah. traditionally drawn um, in kind of an ink cut kind of style. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's floating around. Yeah. Great. I want yeah. to talk a little bit more about Peter because you've mentioned him a couple of times. Yeah. I mean, he's my dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 He's your husband. You guys yeah. been married a few years. Yeah. And yeah. um, you work together, don't you? Yeah, we do almost everything together. I mean, I, my art practice is my own, and his food and uh, music practice is his own. But we kick every idea around together, and and we we do everything together. Yeah, so it's, that's that's always been a staple of our relationship because uh, I find uh, monogamy is is problematic for most people. But um, we kind of tried to figure out a way to make it something that would help both of us be better people uh, first and foremost so wow. yeah yeah it's cool That's we tried to do the binary binary star system was like the concept I think yeah we were trying to figure out how to uh, orbit each other without messing each other up in our in our own paths and things like that and do you think you're in a good place with that now yeah we step on each other's toes yeah, and stuff yeah totally yeah we, yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. fuck up all the time but yeah. um yeah but no we're, we, we do try yeah we, and I think it does work really well most of the time um and it's starting to really come together now that we're achieving this whole land farm life art goal yeah yeah, yeah we're yeah. starting to be like oh we can do all the things we wanted to do together we can start to blend our practices together we can try to make it one one color basically yeah, yeah. totally yeah and, and so what does pepper, the future of pepper raccoon look like with a bit more peter involved um what i think reckon? pepper raccoon will always be like my store um and yep. my brand um online for things that i make um but i think we will be 
uh, opening up another portal uh, at some point, probably with more actually food products that have really trippy labels and, you know, interesting fermented stuff because he's a fermentation uh, expert. Uh, he's really yeah, talented right. in that department. Yeah, so. What's he producing at the moment? Uh, so he produces kombucha, yeah. pickled yeah. garlic, uh, fermented sauerkrauts, uh, turmeric pastes, all kinds of stuff. And then at home, he makes the best vegetarian kimchi in the world. Wow. Yeah, so he's a champ. Yeah, yeah but again, this is his thing, but it's actually not just his thing, it's your thing. Nah, together, right? totally. Because you're yeah. totally into Food as yeah, well. we're obsessed. Yeah, we love. Yeah. I mean, it's anything that comes from nature. We're pretty much into, and food is, you know, life. So yeah, that's a big part of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's, it's, it amazes me how many little things there are going on in your life, and they're all so intertwined. Yeah. Aren't yeah. They? yeah, I mean, the art is basically just an expression of, of the life of that you. we're living. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Life. yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I don't think I'm trying to be anything anymore, which is nice. I think I know what we're doing, and I may not be able to express exactly who I am as an artist, but I know what my life is, what trajectory my life is on. And was there a yeah. point where you woke up and felt that, or was it a gradual thing, and you've come to terms with it now? Uh, I think it's slowly. We bought the land, and I knew, didn't know how to feel at all because we had been trying to do it for so long, and then it was over. That part of it. And I was just like, I'm I'm really weird like that. I'll just be like, oh, that thing happened, and I don't. I'm not that excited because yeah, it's just transactional. Right? Yeah, it's done. It's like, what does that mean? Yeah, exactly. And so, um, yeah, I think as it slowly crept into my brain that we did a thing together that was really hard to do. Uh, I think we can probably do just about anything now. So I'm like, that's cool. I think that's who we are. We made that one goal that we had that is basically the foundation for everything else we want to do happen. So now we can do all that other stuff. And yeah. so that means that's. A real thing, yeah. Now that that's become real, it's it's. I know what we're doing, and I know who I am, and that's good. Yeah. Listen to that confidence and yeah. that enthusiasm. For yeah, it. So we're gonna screw up so bad. It's gonna be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Things up, yeah. You know, make mistakes, yeah. try all sorts of things. But yeah. there's gonna be some magic that comes out of it as well, yeah. which is just awesome. Yeah, I think if you get too old to make mistakes, you just it's over for you. Yeah, yeah. you just gotta screw up all the time. It's best. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Fantastic. <laughs> hey, I actually think that's such a good high to finish this interview on. Cool. So I think we might wrap things up. Yeah, for sure. Based on your enthusiasm. <laughs> because I think yeah. it's wonderful. I think it's a wonderful place to be. Yeah. Also, the sun is out. We need to go outside. I know. It actually yeah. gets a little hot in this. It's like a toaster. Yeah. I know. It's all I close good. all the doors up just yeah. to get the sound in, and uh, it gets a little hot. Um, <laughs> what I'm going to do is I've just got a few cheesy questions here. I'm going to ask. Oh, cool. Awesome. I just awesome. ask everyone some random questions I love just those. to kind of yeah. see what what comes out of this. So, um, what have we got? What have we got? I feel I feel like this. I feel like the answer to this might be obvious. But is there is there any one thing that you've created that you're most proud of? Oh. That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I'm still most happy with a really weird thing that I made um, in in university, which was what is that? Uh, so I had a near death experience. Um, yeah. So the story could be really long, but it doesn't need to be. Um, I had a near death experience, and basically give us the story, though. We need it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, I've never told this story on in a recording before. Oh Are you okay God. with that? Yeah. No, it's fine. Um, so in university, uh, and I don't know if this is even appropriate for podcasts, but I basically was on a lot of drugs, um, and I was using ecstasy with uh, mescaline cut into it, um, and I actually ended up passing out under a pine tree on August eighth, two thousand eight, which is eight eight oh eight, and my I, apparently my heart stopped. So wow. yeah, and so I had a, a really intense near death experience which I could not articulate to anybody because uh, it was beyond any kind of ability. There's no words for it. So um, I started kind of investigating the imagery of what I had experienced in that near-death experience. And I, I discovered that there's an archangel of death called Azrael. Uh, Azrael in, yeah. yeah, in Muslim, uh, in, the, in the Quran, actually, and in, in uh, 
what's it called? The, is it the Kabbalah? Yeah. And so I found out that that exists, and I it matched exactly what I like what I had seen in my wow. vision. Yeah. And so I got really freaked out. Yeah. I was really freaked out, and I stopped doing drugs altogether, basically. I was like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and then uh, I decided I was going to recreate the kind of tunnel of like experience that I had had, and so I uh, folded hundreds and hundreds of paper feathers from colored origami paper and painted eyes on all of them and then uh, turned that into a giant uh, tree kind of cone shape that you could stand inside of uh, with a color changing light at the top and so you could stand inside of a dark room inside of this giant color changing thing that was looking at you um, and then there was a sound installation done by my partner at the time as well that was part of it and so that was good wow. yeah so that was a good one <laughs> yeah yeah so that's kind of more what i want to be doing on the land is creating things people can stand inside of and, and have a multi multimedia crazy experience inside of yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. physically experience the yeah. whole person inside or part of this thing yeah totally it's it's important to try to articulate those really complex experiences i think so yeah totally oh thanks yeah. so much for sharing that story that's cool it? yeah it's a weird one <laughs> it's a weird one but it's a bloody good one yeah <laughs> and that's the one thing you're most proud of that is fantastic thanks um, yeah wow have you ever written a book uh i've written poetry uh i've written a small poetry zine i've right. done some zine writing right. i've never written a book if you if you were to sit down in this space that you create in the next few years i totally have this answer yeah yep and then go all through a book what book would that be ah uh, so i just peter has this goal so he, we have joke goals and pete did not finish university so his joke goal is to get an honorary degree my joke goal is to be able to write a book on regenerative living uh, based on regenerative agriculture, which is the idea of making things better rather than worse when you garden and farm um, in your environment. Um, I want to be able to write a book on how to do that as a living person in your whole life. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And, and you've got <laughs> that's a twenty-year goal. Yeah. Well, you've got some of the experience towards that, right? But, yeah, but a little bit. The, but the journey that you not go ready. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the journey that you go are going on now for the next number of years. Yeah. Will go towards that book. Yes. You're going to do it. Aren't you? I hope so. You're yeah. 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 I usually say I'm going to do something and then I do it. It you might take it. ten years, but I'll do it. It'll happen. Yeah, it'll happen. Oh, I'm yeah. looking forward to that. Thanks. Okay, fantastic. All right. <laughs> final, final question here, and I'm yeah. going to ask everyone this question. Yeah. And again, the answers could be kind of obvious, but we're going to see. Yeah. You're on a road trip. You're driving. You're driving this combi. Yeah. From Kerikeri, yep, down to Bluff, yeah, right. Probably, yeah. probably three, four day journey. It's pretty slow. Yeah. Who's sitting beside you in the in the car? Oh, it's Pete. Yeah, yeah. I can't go Pete. without Pete. Yeah, no, definitely. And hopefully we get a dog soon, so then dog the dog's also. in the back here as well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, so yeah, no, definitely Pete. Pete okay, yeah. good stuff. Every time, obvious, but yeah. You and Pete, there's some big things in your future. Hell the yeah. two of you, Hell and I'm yeah. so looking forward to hearing about oh, those. Cheers, mate. <laughs> so thanks so much for coming along today, Pepper. Yeah. Thanks. It was so much fun. Appreciate your time. No problem. Anytime. Soon. Cool. Wow. How good was that? Thanks again to Pepper for not only reaching out, but being prepared to give me some time and to talk me through her life and give me that story near the end there. Again, I really, really appreciate her honesty. These interviews aren't about me at all, but what I always try to do is summarise them, just succinctly summarise my key thoughts on the interview. Two, three things that I sort of really, really struck me during the interview. They're almost action points for myself, and I'm hoping they're useful for you as well. There were quite a few in Pepper's interview, but I want to take you through my three key things. Firstly, I said this in the intro, I said it in the interview itself, and I'm going to say it again. The fact she's open about wanting to make money from her art. And that just ties in with this whole podcast that I'm trying to produce here, because I don't think any of us should be shy about wanting to make money from what we're creating. I don't think 
that any of my guests so far have really had an issue with it. But none of them have been quite as honest and upfront about it as Pepper. And I really, really admired that. If you take anything from this interview, take away the fact that you should be proud of trying to make some money from your art. Secondly, I actually love it when people diversify a little bit. And Pepper has her online store. She has her pins, her stickers, her patches. But she talked about the fact that she does a lot of graphic design work, and that's her bread and butter, and that pays the bills. And she does her graphic facilitation. She's got a few different things going on, and they're all using her design and illustration skills. But there's enough diversification there that she's not reliant on just trying to push pins or or leggings or socks or whatever it might be. And I think that's really, really smart. I'm always reminded of past guest Jordan Rondell, the caker, who just sells cakes, nothing else. And I think there's huge value in just picking one thing and doing that really, really, really well. But me, I'd never do that well with that. And so I'm more attached to people, much like Pepper, who use their skills a little bit wider to make a little more money. And thirdly, we can't go past Pepper's grand plans for her piece of land. But not just the fact that she's trying to buy or own a house or a piece of land like the Kiwi Dream, but the fact that she's really trying to integrate herself, her creativity, and just her life in general with this land. I'll never say it quite as eloquently as Pepper did, so let me just quote her. She's looking to build a creative and horticultural nexus of experimentation and regeneration. I'm not even sure I understand what that means, but I get it. And I love it. It's not just a home. This is something more than that. This is a place where she lives, but she creates. How amazing would that be for all of us to have something like that? What a dream to have. I admire that so much. So thanks for tuning in. Season 2, Episode 13, Illustrator Pepper Raccoon. You've been listening to me, Jason Naylor. This is Breaking Out the Podcast. I hope you got something out of today's episode. Tune in next week. Looking forward to it. Thanks heaps. Thanks heaps.